Hey, I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies podcast. This episode is a conversation between me and Jasmine Starr, and I adore Jasmine. She and I got to dive deep into some personal stuff for her, and we really got to see the other side. And so she shares uh, her journey with adopting her daughter, Luna, and uh running her business with her husband and more of her at home routine. And so you get to see another side of her and I'm really excited to share this episode with you. And just to give you a little bit of background on who Jasmine Starr is before we start the episode, I want to give you a little bit of a biography of her. So Jasmine Starr is a photographer and business strategist from Newport Beach, California. She dropped out of law school and became an internationally recognized creative entrepreneur, later to become the founder and CEO of Social Curator, a social media marketing platform for business owners. Harnessing her chutzpah and hustle, Jasmine empowers entrepreneurs to build a brand, market on social media, and create a life they love. Some days you'll find her featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, and INC Magazine, and other days you'll find sharing helpful posts on social media to empower or helping business owners to build a life they love on her podcast, The Jasmine Star Show. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies podcast. I am super excited about my guest today. You are longtime listeners, so you obviously probably know who I'm about to bring on, and her name is Jasmine Starr. I am just super excited, and so I'm just going to jump right in. So hi, Jasmine. Welcome. Hi, happy to be here. Thank you so much, Heather. I'm so excited that you're here, and I typically do an icebreaker question. I love it. Let's jump That's right in. Super Let's fun. Ice. Let's break the iceberg. Yeah. Okay. It's nothing cr- crazy or scary. Oh, okay. So <laughs> like I said, we're going to get personal, but, um, so what is your favorite cookie and or cookie memory? Oh, so I, there's like an 87 year old lady that lives inside of me. So I love, <laughs> I love a good oatmeal cookie. Like I really just love an oatmeal cookie and uh, a cookie memory was my mom. Uh, my, I, my mom had five kids and so definitely lots of chaos. And so it was uh, during the holidays and we had made spiced oatmeal cookies with cranberries in them. And I had never had whatever this magic was. And so I did, we went to go look at Christmas lights and I had a satchel, gosh, I must've been like seven or eight. And I stuffed this satchel with probably 87 cookies. I'm not even exaggerating. I know that it seems like a big number, but I'm literally, I probably had like somewhere in the ballpark of 13 pounds of cookies in the satchel that nobody knew. And so we, I was sitting in the back of like the family van and we're looking at Christmas lights and houses. And I was in oatmeal, like spiced oatmeal, cranberry cookie heaven. It <laughs> remains one of the best memories ever. <laughs> I can totally just see you like as a kid, just stuffing cookies. Oh yeah. I mean, kids will do the funniest <laughs> things when it comes to sweets and things. I literally just caught my almost eight-year-old chugging Hershey syrup in the pantry. <laughs> I was like, what? He went to the fridge and he grabbed it and he went in and he started chugging it. Cause I have cameras to try and catch them doing funny stuff. And I'm like, and then he, I, then the camera takes him back 
over to the fridge and you could hear him tell his little brother who's four, don't tell mom. <laughs> just like, you know, this is wrong, but you're sneaking Hershey syrup. And so I could totally see you stuffing cookies and being like, well, no one caught me. I'm Fine. happy to say that I grew up before parental video surveillance. You know, I'm just, who else, who knows what my mom would have seen me as a kid. Right. I mean, I have three. And so they're always getting into trouble and you always want to like, I'm not doing it to just like catch them in the act, but you want to keep them honest and you really want to know like what they're really doing. And I'll catch my four-year-old naked all the time. I'm like, why are you naked? (laughs) What's the story? And they'll tell me, I'm like, is that really what happened? Like you have an opportunity right now to be the hero and just to say like what happened. And it's the funniest thing. And I feel like I'll either keep them for the future or use them as maybe content creation later as a parent. That's true. That's true. Do video montages like Mission Impossible, getting the Hershey syrup, things like that. Right. And I actually had cookies on the counter. I'm like, why wouldn't you go for the easy grab? (laughs) So, and so you're a mom and your little girl is how old? She'll be two in January. Fun. Mm -hmm. January what? 22nd. Oh, my birthday is the 25th of January. So. Oh, nice. Oh, Aquarius. Nice. And so, so you are an open book online and you just recently posted that your adoption had gone through, which is very, very exciting. And it was I finalized. wanted yeah. to ask you a little bit about that in the process and how you really just kind of juggled adoption process and your business, because that's just uh, undertaking in itself, right? Correct. Um, so, you know, I, I can give the nutshell version of what it was, and then we can dive deeper. We can iterate, we can move in different directions, but it's just important to know that every adoption process looks wildly different and people have very different um, experiences and they have very different expectations. And I think that maybe, and I don't think maybe I am certain that my expectation going into the process was misaligned. I thought it was going to happen much sooner than it did. And, um, you know, I feel like God looks at your plans and then laughs. Yeah. So what I do, like what my place of power is, I can look at a business and I can brand a business and I can create content for a business and I can create demand around a business. And I, um, like brand identity. And I took a lot of, I take a lot of pride in that. So I falsely took that same approach when it came to like positioning the brand of myself and my (laughs) husband as parents. And so I was just like, same rules apply. So got a really beautiful, like glossy book, had a graphic designer design it. We had all of these Instagram worthy photos. I'm a professional photographer. Why would I not be using these beautiful photos and had multiple books laid out? And I was just like, it's just a matter of seconds, just a matter of seconds. And then it was like crickets forever. Oh no. And, um, then our adoption lawyer had reached out and he said, I just think that the book looks a little, uh, like it belongs on Instagram. And <laughs> those were his exact words. And, um, I was like, okay, well, what do we need to do? And he was very generous. And he says, I want you to bring close to a thousand photos printed to my office and I'll go through and help you pick them, which I was kind of like, okay. And so my husband and I are in Newport beach and lawyer was in Beverly Hills. So this is like a trek. So we're getting out like a thousand images driving an hour to get to his office. And he sits on his table. He puts them all out and he picks about 37 of the world's ugliest photos to ever exist. And I'm like, 
why? Like, why did we go to that one? Like, why are we like greasy haired pajamas, you know, in our kitchen, double chinned, bad angles. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And he said that people want to be able to see themselves in your photos. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel like that's just like such a real piece of life advice, but also in business. And like, whenever we put ourselves out to be something that isn't a hundred percent of who we are, it's palpable. And so um, he asked us to actually print photos and then we put them in a book and we added stickers to them. I mean, we really got crafty and it happened to catch the attention, not of a parent, but of another agency. And uh, the way that the adoption had happened was the uh, birth parents were not involved with the process and they had asked the agency to help just choose the family. And so the agency chose JD and myself and not the parents. And then the parents were later, it was later to disclose to the parents uh, who we were and it ended up being like a really good fit. So we were very thankful. That's amazing. That's an amazing story. And I think that story just shouts authenticity because as social media and we market our businesses, we always talk about being authentic and showing the real, right. And it's really funny. (laughs) You're just like, correct. but when you are a professional photographer, so of course your curator have all these beautiful photos (laughs) and they pick those. (laughs) Yeah, of course, you know, but it, it was, it worked, it happened for us. And that's super exciting. And I have, uh, some listeners that wanted to know a little bit more about you as a mom and a business owner and you and your husband run your business together, but you also now have a soon to be two-year-old, which good luck, good luck. And, <laughs> and, you know, hunger games, like the, the salute there, <laughs> maybe odds be in my favor. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. Yeah. Just and then threes, you know, um, but how are you juggling being a mom, being a business owner, you work with your spouse and now you have this little, you know, toddler running around. Do you have help at home? Do you have um, a team that is helping? And where was that difficult also? Like maybe relinquishing some control because moms like to do it all. Um, so the, the different, I want to like the similarities and differences of adopting a child is that we had to have conversations before a child was even in our path. And My husband and I are business owners. We've approached every single one of our businesses together and he plays an integral role. Um, And he had said that he and I both wanted our child to have a full-time parent. It's what he grew up with and it is what I grew up with. And we just had real conversations around what that looks and feels like. And I think it's impossible for any one of us to believe that half of us could be, each respective half could be a whole. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that would be cause, and we experienced this in our business. If we didn't clearly define our roles and responsibilities in business, that is where things fell through the gaps. And that would become like the biggest points of contention. It wasn't until we sat down and said, oh, is that what you're responsible for? Great. So every decision that's made in the business that falls into that, like say bucket or pillar, that concentrated group of responsibilities and roles that's on you. You're in charge of that, your lead and whatever you decide as your business and co-partner, that's not in charge of that. I fall right underneath you. And then there are things in the business that I am lead. I take control. And if I make a decision, even if he doesn't necessarily agree with it, that's my zone of genius and where he will fall in line. And we had to do that and master that over years in business. And that came 
very similar to how we decided our roles as parents. And it was, I'll never forget the conversation. I mean, it was a Saturday and we had set time aside. We actually started going to adoptive parenting therapy just to help facilitate conversations around this. And I think that's a luxury. I didn't know it existed. And um, I had a therapist who had adopted children and he says, I have this really great recommendation. And it's just like a four-part series. They ask you questions, they get expectations. And so we were working through the questions of, what does this look like for us? Because we both work from home and we both are business partners and we're bringing in a child and we want that child to have at least one full-time parent. And so JD just led the conversation and he said, I firmly believe that I am at my best when I am a hundred percent in, and I would like to be a hundred percent in with our daughter. And he said, I know that you want to be a hundred percent in the business. And he's like, but by me being 100% as a parent, it is going to require a massive shift in what things look like in, in the business. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I cried. It was like a really difficult conversation because you don't want to let go of the things that you value the most. And um, I once heard that we always are making a decision within fear. Just two. We're always, every single day, every single moment, are making a decision between two types of fear. Fear of the unknown and fear of what is known that still continues to keep us shackled. Mm -hmm. And so the, it's important for us to always choose the fear of the unknown because then we can change and iterate as a result. And I was just really fearful of what the business would look like if I didn't have my business partner in every meeting or doing all the projects that we worked on together. And also I speak professionally. Like what does that look like to perhaps not travel with the person who's only ever traveled with me for over a decade. So there's a lot of like stuff we had to work through and we both had to say, this is what we agreed to. And this is what we agree with. And that all happened before we even were placed before we were even in the pathway of adoption. And so that was the best thing that we could have done because it managed our expectations. And now if we were to flash forward and talk about like what that actually looks like right now is we had base agreement. And so anything above that base agreement is like hot dang, the best thinking thing. So for example, he said, you have to agree. And I have to agree that if you are going to go speak in an event that requires flights and us staying over that you have to agree that you would do it by yourself. Mm. And I had to agree. So I said, I agree. Now at the time of this recording, a few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to go to Nashville and we made the decision to take him and the baby. And it was great, but it was just a bonus and it's not expected. Every time I get on a plane, it will be, does this work in the best favor for the baby? And does it work for us? If the answer continues to be yes, well, hot dang, we'll continue moving that forward, moving forward in that way. But that's kind of how we approached, like what's in the best interest of the baby, who's going to be a full-time parent. And then like days like today, we're in the process of, Lord have mercy, fixing our fixer upper. So we bought a house almost two years ago, actually right before we adopted the baby. And of course, <laughs> right before we all that happens. We were, exactly. We didn't know we were going to adopt a baby. So we buy this fixer upper. And then like two days after we put our offer in and it was accepted, they're like, oh, you've been placed for adoption. Right. So of course. Like, oh, of course. Well, obviously. And then this is like truly like two months before an entire shutdown because of a global pandemic. We're not going to go there. We're not going to, when we talk about chaos, <laughs> ooh, we, I've had two years of chaos, but we're not going to necessarily talk about that necessarily because, you know, there are things now that are unexpected that aren't going to be the norm for us. But as of right now, we're literally weeks away from finally moving in and there's decisions that have to be made and, and conversations with contractors and like, 
I have a full work day and back-to-back podcast and meetings and coaching sessions. And he is a full-time parent on days that are like this. We absolutely positively get help, get help from a family member, get help from somebody that we trust. And then in those moments, like half of me, right. When we started this podcast, I told you, I was like, Oh, you're probably going to hear Luna finishing her lunch. And I'm just like, this is who I am. And this is how I'm functioning. I am hundred percent in work mode. My heart is always with her, but I'm here to fulfill my responsibilities as a business owner, because that's the role in our family. hundred percent. And that's how it goes, right? When it rains, it pours, when something happens, it just snowballs, which it's not always a <laughs> a negative thing. It's all positive things. It's just juggling all the things and then asking for help when you really need it. And I love that you told me that Luna might be (laughs) coming in or you'll hear her. It's like, (laughs) Hey, that's life. And I appreciate it. You know, sometimes I'll have one hiding under my desk. (laughs) (laughs) And so I thank you for sharing that. And, uh, I think that it just resonates really well, with everyone that's trying to juggle spouses or single parents and multiple kids or just one child. And I think just being a mom and business owner is just, it's, it's a, it's a task. And it's great that you have a partner that is very supportive and you guys, you know, seem very just in sync. So it's great. I mean, and I just, I'm just thinking of like how that must've felt when you like got the, the notice on the, on the fixer upper and the child situation. Oh, you know what? That was crazy because I mean, like truly we, we finally, like we had always had our eye on this particular, um, this particular part of Newport beach. We had been living in Newport beach with this little neighborhood and just being so familial. And it's a lot of older homes, but with a charming beach vibe. And we're like, Oh, I love this neighborhood. I love this neighborhood. And then this house that was off the market and a mutual friend introduces to the neighbor who was around 90 years old, original owner of the house. And she had said, uh, it's time for me to move, but I don't want to put the house on the market. So we put an offer and she's like, I would love for you to raise your family here. And all of it was like moving. And we were so excited. And so we sold our home in two days and we're moving and starting the process. And then all of a sudden we get news that the baby girl was born in Las Vegas. And our lawyer had said, do you want to pursue this? And we said, Absolutely. We literally had less than 24 hours. We just dumped things in suitcases. We had no crib. We had no clothes. We had no diapers. We had nothing. And we're like, yes, just a hundred percent. Yes. Like let's just go. And we're saying yes to the unknown. So we didn't, we, the only thing we knew was that it was a, a baby girl which was great because that's always what we had dreamt of, but we didn't know ethnicity. We didn't know origin. We didn't know the birth plan. We knew nothing. We just said yes. And there was a lot of complications going into that as a result of not knowing much. And then as a result of it happening so fast, but everything happened for us. And we unexpectedly had to live in Las Vegas for just over four weeks because of some complications that that had come up. And so here we are on a 30 day close on a new house we just bought and the house we just sold. And we, we haven't packed, not even like a pillow in the process <laughs> of moving because we were in Las Vegas. And what can you do? Nothing. You could do nothing. It would be illegal for us to cross state lines without the appropriate paperwork. Yes. So we, we don't need that. Nothing we could do. And so this is where human beings are so radiant. This is where people truly at the end of the day rally for each other. So we reached out to the beautiful, amazing woman who bought our home and we explained our situation and we said, we'd be willing to rent back the house after the 30 days because we don't know. And she had all of her right to say no. And she said, you guys just get back home. You guys get back home. She's like, when you guys get back home, the only thing I ask is that you move in 48 hours. And if she had said you move back in 48 minutes, I would have said yes. Yeah. Um, but you know, she's we need a lease back. 
Yeah. So like, could you just imagine those 48 hours? Like, and in that particular case, this is where we talk about shifting roles of parenthood is JD says, I'm taking the lead on the move. So you are a hundred percent. Like it is just you and Luna. And, um, you know, we were, we didn't like, he was moving the house and we didn't have a place to go. So check into a hotel and like Luna and I just hung out in a hotel for like three days together. And it was amazing. I was like, Hey, little girl, you're mine and I'm yours. So let's get to know each other. It was freaking amazing. Like it was one of the best memories. And it's just such a great bonding experience for you. And how old was Luna at the time when you were in the hotel for three days? Well, we actually, when we, so we were placed with Luna 10 days after her birth. So February 2nd, February 2nd. So it was zero to zero to 2022. So it was a palindrome. So it was a big day. Yes. It was also the day of the Super Bowl where Shakira and JLo performed. And so we come <laughs> to find out that Luna is half Mexican and half Caucasian. So I was like, girl, let me show you some brown roots right here. Here are your folks <laughs> dancing on the screen. And um, we ended up having to stay in a hotel for just like almost five weeks. So it's crazy because we were in a hotel room, the three of us, and it was so cold in Las Vegas. And we're talking about like 40 degrees and we're from California. 40 degrees is basically like the Arctic. So we didn't yes. take her out. She was a newborn and it was freezing. So we were just in our hotel room or in the lobby eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like <laughs> this was our yeah, life. You don't go outside. <laughs> but it was when I look back at it, oh, I was itching to get home. Like I kept on calling my in-laws, my mom. I'm like, I just want to get home. I just want to get life started. I just want to like pack up. I want to find a place to live. We don't have a place to live because we couldn't move into the other home because through the adoption process, you can't have a house, say, with a, a bestest. So um, there was just <laughs> I think so that much would happening. definitely go against you in that case. Yeah, that was definitely not going to happen. So um, I kept on wanting to get out. And it wasn't until I fully calibrated that it was absolutely happening for us. For some unknown reason, we were being kept in that situation. And when I look back at that, those, you know, 38 days were the best time because it was, we didn't see a single family member or a friend. It was just three humans falling in love with each other with nowhere else to go. And I look back at that and I'm like, my God, how many parents don't have that amazing, amazing opportunity. So it was a gift that I wish we know with rose tinted glasses, I wish I would have soaked up more of the gift had I known. So big lesson learned there. And whenever a situation doesn't happen the way that I want it, I always go back to, I'm going to look back at this and remember how good it was. And I just need to appreciate the process. Sure. I mean, that makes so much more sense is you do, you always are so busy with all the other things because you just want all these things to go right and things aren't happening the way you want. And then you get to just to have that solid five weeks together, which is fantastic. It's just like life makes it's much more simple. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so by the time, by the time we got back and JD started the house move and we, and Luna and I went to yet another hotel, we were like best buds like by now. And I was like, you know, I would like FaceTime JD and I got the much better end of the deal. Like this poor guy worked for like virtually no sleep. He packed up everything. He lined up like three dumpsters outside in the garage over the garage was just thrown away, given away, packing everything up. And literally we move into an apartment, a place that this is remember during the pandemic, everything had closed. Right. So we found an apartment and we moved into the apartment. It was hundred percent turnkey. I walk in and there's like boxes in this apartment. And the only thing I have to unload is 
um, my closet and <laughs> literally a plastic bin of baby clothes. Like we didn't have a drawer. We didn't have a crib. Like, you know, we didn't have anything. I had a plastic bin, like a, what are those like plastic bins that you get for Christmas decor, like at Target. That oh, like the rubber made. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Rubber made. I was like, baby girl, my, you live in that high life with this, you know, red rubber made bin. <laughs> Um, but you know, we, we, we got it done. We got her a crib and we got her a drawer and those are all like big, big things for us that seem so small to a lot of other people, but we'd waited a really long time for it to happen. So everything was special. Oh, that sounds so great. And so special. And thank you for sharing that. I think it's just, it's fascinating to just hear how everyone's stories, Mm. you know, twist and turn and, uh, it was very, very special. So thank you. Mm, Thank you. And so I kind of want to dive in a little more like. Who cooks between you and JD? I know you said that he's now full-time parent. You run the business, um, but do you take turns or do you, uh, cause you know, you work from home or do yeah. you have, um, you know, a, an office as well. So I'm sure you take breaks and go, mm-hmm. you know, hang out with Luna too and take mm-hmm. your, t- your, you time. So yeah. who, who cooks, who cleans and all the fun stuff. So when JD and I were, it was just the two of us living in our prior home. JD took the lead in cooking. He's phenomenal. Like he's just a really, really great cook. So I was already spoiled and I, I, I acknowledge it's not everybody's skill set. It was something he does. He enjoys, he hosts every, like whenever there's any family or friend thing, like he wants to host it. Cause he loves the experience of serving other people. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Enneagram, but he's, a Oh yeah. Two. Yeah. I was so, going to say, okay, what Enneagram so, is he? <laughs> yeah, I know. He's a two, like he's a hundred percent supporter. He loves environment. He loves vibe. So that was the cadence that we had fallen in. If I was doing a lot more work and I wasn't going to have enough time for us to eat dinner at a reasonable hour, he would take the lead. Um, we would kind of float between that, but he just liked doing it. And there's other things like, you know, he hates cleaning the bathroom. Like that's my job. Like you know, so, I mean, Everybody hates, like hates to do one thing or the other. And it's like, I don't really have like an inclination to be like, I really need to cook. There's this Giada recipe I need to try. Never. That's just never been me. So I'm like, cool. Again, clearly defining what our roles are. However, I do all of the grocery shopping. And by saying doing grocery shopping, I like use an app and I get my groceries delivered. Yeah. Still. Instacart. It's my, yeah, it's my, it's my responsibility. Either way it's it really it boils down to the most unsexy unglamorous like who's responsible for what and that's mm-hmm. really and I will say that um we had a we had a chef's kitchen in our last house now the woman who owned it before was a, a trained chef and so we moved in and it was like basically a dream kitchen for JD and so when we moved into the apartment um it's a very simple apartment it's like 700 square feet and the kitchen is itty 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 bitty and I think that for somebody who's like a very much a feeler and likes to create experience it's been a little stifling with like apparently a four flame stove just not enough. Not enough flames. He needs a six to eight burner. Yeah. You know? And so I'm just like, I will say that it could be parenthood. It could be the kitchen. We're just cooking so much less, like truly so, so, so much less. So it's like, it's common for us to do DoorDash or Uber Eats, like two, sometimes three dinners a night. Like there's just some days we're just like, it's not going to happen. We've released ourselves from it. And it's, we're looking forward to moving in and having a kitchen again and creating like what we feel like would be a home pattern. I just don't think we've had a home pattern living in such a small space. So we'll see, maybe we'll do another podcast and I'm gonna be like, oh, I'm just like a, I'm just like a mean lean cooking machine now. Do the 87 year old self in you, (laughs) making cookies and putting them in the, in your satchel. Exactly. 
exactly. As JD's cooking them, you're just going to discuss them. Exactly, exactly. They're for the office. They're <laughs> all for them. I promise. <laughs> well, so because you made that shift and it sounds like you've got move coming up and all of those things. So you're very mm-hmm. fortunate. You have a great team with social curator. Uh, I'm a part of that community and it, it's run so well and you have such a fantastic community. And so when you're going through all of these things on a personal level, it's really important to have that team in place. So your business can run on its own. Correct. Is that right? Correct. Correct. Hands down. Like I, we couldn't do, we couldn't, I would venture to say we couldn't do half of what we've been able to do. And that was like a big key component to if JD was going to be uh, relinquishing uh, quite a few responsibilities in the organization, there had to be somebody with like equal or superior talent and acumen. And thankfully, like the team is a powerhouse and we're just so thankful for that. Yeah, it's, it's very important to have something built that can withstand without you. And when you're building businesses, which a lot of my listeners are mompreneurs and they're starting businesses and they're getting their automation set up and really trying to just break through the mindset piece of mm-hmm. what am I doing? And is this the right thing I should be doing? Um, getting over that hump, but really having everything in place to where the goal is to really, the, the goal is to not have to, you, you want the business to run without you, right? If it had to, Correct. if it had to, if it had to, yes. Like in this situation, mm-hmm. clearly things are prior become priority over one or the other. Okay. And so with your business and now that JD is full-time parent, does he have any role at all in, in the business anymore? Like, yes. as, are you still no, very much so. Very much so. So he will be, he takes lead with all financials and all legal. And he still plays a key, key, key role when it comes to like ideation and vision, vision casting. And I think that ultimately he would like to abdicate like financials and legal. I just feel like he's in, like, he's in that spot because he's in that spot. Like right now I'm just like, I need you to take the lead and I need to know that it's going to be deployed against. And I trust where it's going. And I don't have to like, look at every dollar and cent. And I just feel like that's just, we all do things in the business that some of us are like, well, I wish I didn't have to do this, but I'm doing it. And I kind of think that his zone of genius would be to vision cast and create culture and create community on our team. He's doing all of those things, but as far as day to day, it's not like he has, Oh, from eight to nine, I'm doing this. And from nine to 10, I'm doing this. It's very much like there are things that need to be done, figure out when you can do them. You know, Luna is sleeping 12 hours a night and she takes like a two and a half hour nap. Wonderful. So like, I know, I know, I know it's so annoying. I know that there's so many moms who are just like, no, soak it up now. Their teeth. I know, I know, I know. It will never, it will not always be. <laughs> I know, I know, exactly. So thank you. I, I received that and I absolutely know it to be true. So I'm just going to appreciate what it is. And so we do have pockets in the day for him to get the work that he needs to get done. Yeah. They always say nap when the baby naps. It's like, no, we get stuff done when the baby's <laughs> napping. What do you mean? Sleep when the baby sleeps. There's not such a thing. I love that. It's like, I'm not going to go sleep when the baby's sleeping. I have stuff I need to go do like shower or, you know, do something productive. That's not cleaning up kids or like dishes or whatnot. Right. Especially right. after two-year-old right, creating a mess. Right. Yes. <laughs> and with, so how long have you and JD been married? Uh, we've been married 16 years. And have you been in business with each other for a lot of that time? Yes. For about 14 of them. Wow. That's a long time. Mm -hmm. So 
when, since you live and breathe, especially now pandemic, and we won't go there, but we all now are under same roof. We're working, we're living, we're doing all the things under one roof. Do you have like a, like a, a hard stop during your day where you're like, nope, no more business. It's just family because you have to make that separation between business and personal. Uh, the vast majority of the time, the answer is yes. Like after, after when, it, when dinner time starts, I think it's a great time for me to close my computer. Now that's the, my reality nine out of 10 times. There are some days where I'm just like, um, something unexpected happened or a, a project or a task took longer than I had expected, or something came up in the business that took an urgent priority, but it still means that the number one value in social curator on the team is reliability. Mm -hmm. That means that you're a woman or a man of your word. If you say you're going to get it done because this entire virtual team depends on you, you better get it done. And so I have to lead by example. If I'm on a deadline or if I have a task that's due, I better turn it around because that's what I expected the team. And sometimes that requires dinner time, bath time, reading time, put her down to bed. And then I'm like, JD, like give me X amount of time. But I also know that when I get that, that is like no messing around, get your freaking trash done. Don't, don't, don't divert because the minute that JD loses trust that I end up being like, he walks in and I'm like, Oh, I'm just scrolling Instagram. Like <laughs> then I lose credibility to say that you are my priority always. And in these instances, Hey, I have to do this, but, um, by and large, like nine times out of 10, it's dinner time, family time. And then JD and I relax, but then there's those days that just don't go as expected. And we have to pen, plan out for that. Sure. And then you have to show each other grace and you have to show each other some, some flex and room and cause you, unpredictability life happens or maybe <clears throat> Luna had a blowout or something and right. it took an extra 20 minutes and of course, you know, right. have to go bake up that time somewhere That's else. Right. Somewhere. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so are you finding that dinner time is now creeping earlier and earlier as what you used to before? Um, you know, I, I said I'm 87. So I'm like, Right in line, baby girl. Five right o'clock. Yeah, yeah. We it's like more like five thirty. It was more like five thirty. Yes, that's. I am, I am. Um. I'm an early. I'm an early riser. So, you know. Uh, again, How early? How early? I wake up around between four fifteen and four thirty, and Ooh. I don't wake up with an alarm. I know it's just it's where it's where my body is right now. I would never, I never advocate that somebody should be sacrificing massive hours of sleep. Do I think you need to be disciplined with your sleep? Yeah. Like studies have shown that the sleep that you get before midnight is sleep rich versus the sleep that you get after midnight. So if you find yourself consistently going to sleep around 1130, which I was, even if I was sleep sleeping the same amount, I didn't feel like I had a, a deep sleep. So it has taken some time to train myself. Like I'm in bed at nine and I am out by 10. Like and wow. it, takes me a, it takes me a while to fall asleep, which is why I have to do that. I take melatonin every night and then like I have a routine, but that has empowered me to wake up and I wake up feeling fresh. I wake up entirely on my own and different bodies need different amount of sleep. I would never have, I believe people should be getting their eight hours, but if you believe that you should be getting your eight hours, you got to make changes and adjustments for that. I am one of those people that like sick, give me six and a half hours. I'm like, let's go. But that's just how I'm hardwired. So sure. I'm working at 5 a.m. every morning. So I have a morning, I pray, I meditate, just kind of get my head and heart rate. But by five, it's like go time because I have until seven before baby girl's awake. And then it's morning breakfast routine, like changing her, getting ready for the day, planning out what's going on, having communication with JDs, what's going on, who's going where, where are the responsibilities lying. And then, you know, I find time to work out somewhere in the morning. 
And then I am just at my computer cranking the rest of the day. That was going to be my question is when do you get your workouts and are, are you a morning workout for me? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if it hits one o'clock in the afternoon, like I'm not getting it in. That's right. A hundred percent. Like no, I, mean, I have to get it best in. Efforts. Like you could probably, like if you asked me to work out after 1 PM and you offered to pay me a hundred dollars, I still probably would say, no, it's just not, it's just not going to come. Like no, let's go a co- get a cocktail instead of, <laughs> for a hundred dollars instead. Like that's where I would prefer to go. True. <laughs> right. Yes, I, yes. It, same here in routine, especially with kids and business and, and running your home almost like a business as well, because, uh, I always say, you know, just because you don't own a business and you run your home, like you're running it like one, there's bills yes. to pay, there's schedules yes. to keep, yes. there's dinner to be put, right. There's, you have cantankerous employees who are very demanding and ungrateful. Perhaps. Yeah. One hundred percent, hundred percent. And they're opinionated kids telling you what to do. Yes. My daughter's not even two. And she says, no mama, no. Oh. And I'm like, excuse me, excuse me. You are not the boss of me, um, but it's like so cute. And I'm like, okay, girl. And they start repeating what you're saying. And you're like, Oh, oh do I yes. sound like that? Ouch. Yes. It's yes. a great mirror. It really, mm-hmm. it's like, Ooh, Mm-hmm. That did not sound great. Right. And then you're like, I do sound like that though. I should right. probably shift. <laughs> right. 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 And I'll hear some, like, like I said, uh, with the cameras, sometimes I'll, I'll hear the kids talking to each other. I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, yeah, Ooh, that's, that's me hundred <laughs> percent take responsibility for that. And I need to make some shifts because I need to be a better role model. model. <laughs> that's right. That's like right. they totally caught me chugging the Hershey syrup in the church. And I was just kidding. <laughs> And, but they do, they reflect like who you are, but when you run your house, I'm very much like chaos and cookies. I have a system at home, SOP, like I'm very, I used to be very rigid and with kids. You have to be. Yes. It's and, true. And they like predictability. They like yes. to know what's coming. You have to prepare them. And yes. so when you say, well, you know, when seven comes around, it's this, 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 and this, you stick with it and it works really, really well. And oh my gosh, so I'm just gonna say this and it <laughs> Oh, okay. Cheers, Cheers to our Topo Chico. Yes, we have like but I'm like, I love sparkling water. I'm addicted to it. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but like give me a Topo Chico anytime. I mean I know because and- this is audio, like we literally just cheers virtually. Yeah, we, like, we are our bottles are. to the camera. And I'm in Austin, so it's always sold out right now because okay. of the supply chains, but I just saw you. I was like, Oh, well, fellow Topo Chico <laughs> lover have to have to recognize that. <laughs> but, uh, getting back to the schedules at home. So like for me, for one, I'll get up, I'll take the kids to school and then I would get dressed in my workout clothes and then go take them. And so when I would come home, I would force myself to work out. So I'd be done mm-hmm. by like eight or eight 30. Mm-hmm. And I would feel really good about the day. And I'm not a morning person. Like 4:15 is very early, but I also <laughs> go to bed late and I should go to bed. I mean, nine o'clock, I don't even know what to do with myself by nine. Cause my kids are typically like I'm getting them at like in bed lights right. out and by eight. You know what? And that's so important. That is so important. Like, will I say that when moon is nine, that that's going to be her routine? I don't know. I doubt it. So I would never, I'm never at all trying to say, well, this is staunch and this is what it's going to be. Sure. It's what it's going to be for me right now, understanding full and well that it will change in the future. And then I will probably have to change and modify accordingly, but it is what it is for, for us right now. Yeah. You can't be staunch when it comes to kids. Right. You really cannot because- <laughs> once you you'll, you'll learn too. I'm sure you've learned this already. Like once they're like in a groove, they're going to throw you a loop 
and have their regression. And they're just going to like all of a sudden not like peas or carrots. <laughs> and then you're like, that's your favorite food. No, not anymore. So <laughs> tricked you mom tricked you. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so having a schedule and a routine is super important. And especially if you're running a business like you, and then you've got this little toddler who's going to be doing all these changes as well, like potty training. Oh, I mean, it's crazy. She kind of just took to potty training. Like we, she would, um, not wet her diaper overnight. And so we asked my, my grandma, cause grandma's always want to buy stuff, but we're in an apartment. I'm literally telling all friends and family, like, I love you. Thank you so much, but please do not buy us anything. Like we have no space in this house. Don't no toys. Like an Amazon box will entertain Luna for hours. So let's just keep Bring the cardboard boxes simple. over. But our, like, but our moms are just like annoyed because they're like, let us buy her something. So then of course I'm like pragmatic and I'm like, grandma, could you get her a toilet? You know, it's like, yes, this unfun thing, but she's like, sure. Let me get your toilet. So Luna started taking to potty training, like around 15 months. And so she's still in a diaper now, but like we're treating them as that we would like undies. And so it's kind of incredible. And like a couple of nights ago, we, uh, we were eating dinner. She asked to be down from her chair and she walked over to her potty and just sat there. And I was like, what? So ran over there, took her diaper off. And then JD's like, she needs her privacy. She needs her privacy. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, she's like 21 months. I walk out, she does her business and she starts calling me. And I'm like, it's happening. It's happening right now. So we're, we're, we're happy. We're happy. We're happy with that. But again, who knows? Maybe it, she takes a turn and then we have to amend accordingly. But um, yes, I think it's, I think the key takeaway is that we have to be able to like pivot and be flexible and then like adapt to changes in our home, the same way we're adapting to changes in the business. hundred percent. Well, I am so appreciative of your time and being oh, here you. on the show. And I wanted my listeners to see the other side of you. I feel like with social curator and everything that you do, um, in your business is just inspirational. And I love you. Yeah. And I just wanted to show the other side and juggling things and being a mom, because we all want to know how it is because mm. we're all warriors at that point too. Right. We all, you know, outside looking in, we show people online, like typically mm. what we want them to see. Right. And so, um, it's nice to kind of get behind and I just want to say thank you for giving me the, the platform to do so. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for asking questions that are a little bit out of the norm. I knew going into this, it wasn't going to be all business focused, but one thing that you had said was, um, we're voyeurs. And I hope that by inviting people into what it looks like from both personal and professional, that people feel like it's no longer just voyeurs that people feel like we're friends or friendly. I think it is important. It's not that I don't want to share those things. I just know that I'm building a business in a very specific way. And so for you to give me the ability to talk about things that I don't normally talk about. I want to say thank you. And thank you for being an integral part of the community and making social curator what it is. Heather, you're just amazing. So thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm super mm. excited and grateful that you were willing to share everything with me and the listeners. And I, I feel like a lot of people will take a lot from this episode. Well, thank yeah. you. You're the best. I appreciate you. Oh, well, thank you. Well, we'll just share it for where we can find you and follow you and, uh, business-wise and other, uh, can you just, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You can find me at all social platforms at Jasmine star and very much like how Heather had said at socialcurator.com. Well, thank you so much again, Jasmine, for being here and thank you listeners. And we'll catch you on another episode of the chaos and cookies podcast. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to the Chaos and Cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies. Bye.